All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, back here to talk draft, Dylan, because it's, it's draft month in the NFL, and um, as we know, we'll be talking more about this year's draft as we get a little bit closer, probably starting next week. Uh, we'll have draft stuff kind of leading up to uh, the draft here at the end of the month, but before we get into that, um, you know, with the NFL draft, things aren't always you know, rosy. They're not always just perfect when it comes to the draft. And we found a very interesting sort of, um, I think, conversation piece that, that we could have for this episode. And that is looking back at some of the biggest regrets in, in sort of NFL draft history, looking at teams, who they drafted, who they could have drafted. Now, this is um, kind of the, the the idea of the Sporting News did an, an article on it. And um, this, I think they did it last year. And they kind of looked back at the biggest sort of – they went team by team, and they looked at, okay, they actually picked this guy, but my goodness, what a terrible idea that was because they could have got the guy that was either not that far behind him, could have been the possibly the next pick, which there's a couple in particular we'll talk about uh, here. But um, I, I do think it's very interesting to look back at some of these, Dylan, because – Everybody goes into draft season, I think, with optimism, hoping that, you know, you're going to get it right. But as we always say, there are no guarantees. Even if it's the number one pick, there's never a guarantee that you're going to just get it perfect. Uh, but, um, hey, it's just kind of that's the nature of the draft, and it is kind of fun and maybe not so fun for some franchises to look back and see who they picked when they actually could have picked someone else. Yeah, it is frustrating to think about alternate, well, depending on your point of view. For some fans, it's, it works out perfectly with the, the version of NFL history as it's played out. But for others, uh, obviously, alternate histories could have gone drastically differently with a lot of these um, selections that were outlined in this article. I think we wanted to kind of focus not so much on busts. I know a lot of times there's a lot of conversations about draft busts, and there probably will be technically some that we mentioned in here. Um, but this is kind of looking more so, yeah, at the teams in terms of their own regrets. Uh, you know, we can – there are some obvious cases that come up from the past few seasons that, you know, everyone highlights the Eagles taking Jalen Rager right, right before Justin Jefferson, right, with the Vikings getting now arguably the best receiver in the entire NFL. So we know those ones, but it's, I mean, it's the entire history of the game is littered with all these kind of moves and dramatic altering decisions that, yeah, in the moment, I think it's something like only 50% of first round picks play past their rookie deal, some ridiculous um, stat on that. And then it just, as you get down each round, uh, you know, there shows that there's at least, they know kind of what they're doing with the picks, uh, given that as you as you go down, it slowly makes sense. The, the farther you get in the draft, the harder it is to hit. But still, it just shows that even for things that, players that seem like sure things, uh, for every Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, where we you feel like they're going to be great and they have been great, there's plenty of guys that you think are also on that level that just have not played out. We just kind of forget about them um, in some cases. But for these, uh, I, I know from the, you know, as a Rams fan, I can think of different cases uh more so of seattle jumping them to get bobby wagner is one that sticks up um you look at they, they could have drafted ray lewis in the 90s going back further to then so that, it's kind of like a thing that from you know unless you look into it maybe more so know your own uh, teams uh draft misses they kind of stick with you a bit more uh but it is interesting I, there's a lot of uh, ones on this list that i looked at including that ray lewis one that i didn't even 
uh, really even think about and know about. And I also liked they did a good job of going through often division rivals, not just teams missing players, but division rivals then taking a player significantly better quality at the same position in some cases uh, that ended up tormenting those franchises for years. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of those. I think you can obviously go back through and um, yeah, there's there just so many. And when we go through this list, I, I told you we were we were both kind of skimming this list before we started recording. And I said, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that one," and yeah. <laughs> that one in particular, uh, the one that kind of caught my eye. And there there are more we'll discuss from this, but um, of course you don't have to go back that far. But you do go back to 2011 when the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, our brand, the AFC South here, um, yes. on the clock needed a quarterback. Right, and they decided to go Blaine Gabbert. Well, you know, nothing against Blaine Gabbert, but that probably didn't work out exactly as they would have expected uh, it to work. I don't think he became the the ten year quarterback you would maybe want as a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Um, but of course, still let me know who went right behind him, and that was J.J. Watt eventually going to the Texans, and now that did sort of change the dynamic for the Texans. They became not necessarily a team that was making a Super Bowl run, but they were regularly in the playoffs there for a while. We talked about it's kind of a difference now, right, where the Texans' defense is now compared to where they were kind of in the heyday of, um, you know, J.J. Watt coming in and, and doing what he did. Obviously, they'll try to change that now with D'Amico Ryans as the head coach. But, um, yeah, it, it was one that, like we said, you could probably look at any team and be like, oh, yeah, they would have loved to have J.J. Watt. But I think the Jags, not just the fact that, you know, it's one pick away, but it's the same team in your division. And, you know, that kind of became something where the Texans were having a lot of success. The Jags necessarily did not always have that success, even though they've, they've turned it around now. But, um, yeah, that was that was certainly one I think you can put as one of the biggest regrets for a team in the draft. Yeah, I can't uh, – I didn't even realize this, you know, for the Jaguars' history of obviously – Man, Watt was just so dominant against so many teams. It's not like you just missed out on uh, a really good player in this case. You missed out on for uh, yeah. until Aaron Donald kind of emerged as the best defensive player in the NFL. J.J. Watt had that title basically from his almost from his rookie year on, um, immediately putting up big numbers. A guy that you know there was a lot of hype about going into that draft, and still they couldn't. You know that that we always thought. You know when we do all these draft conversations in April and and then looking back at the drafts after they happen. Always talk about drafting for the best player on your board, not necessarily always for need. Try to address needs in other ways with trades and and with uh, free agency. And this is a great example of that. There's not there's a lot of times where it aligns perfectly, where the need and the player are there. Um, and they, but sometimes, uh, quite often, teams try to force it, and that's what happened with Blaine Gabbert. Obviously, did not have the quality of, of a QB career that you would have wanted from a first round pick, let alone a top 10 pick as he was uh, Cam Newton pretty standalone at the, in that same draft was the one quarterback that seemed to, um, as I, as I looked down all the QBs here, we had Christian Ponder. It wasn't exactly, uh, at least at the top of the draft, unless there's a guy deeper in here, which there may be um, Andy Dalton. So that, I mean, that could, that would have been better if they gotten him, even Kaepernick um, going back down, but there's a lot of names in this draft, man. This is not a great QB draft. Tyrod Taylor, a great six, round pick there uh for the ravens at the time but yeah um man poor jacks fans it's like this dude was just against everyone but especially against them uh and at a time of jags history that i'm sure more of the most of the fans would kind of like to forget kind of ap- after that uh, maurice jones drew era where they were pretty solid in the in the mid to late 2000s and then started just kind of 
being on the back burner. It fits right into our brand. And hey, everything's everything's looking great in Jacksonville now. Um, so mm-hmm. let, they can maybe look at, back at this without the same uh, contempt that they may have just a few years ago before they got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so I don't. Hopefully now this is a golden area of Jaguars football. But at the time, man, that one is uh, that one definitely sticks out. Like you mentioned, it's not just like one, and it's by one pick too. That's the thing that sticks yeah. out with this one. It's not like they went like it was like five picks later. And you could look at, you know, this draft had a lot of really good players in the first uh, like ten, eight picks or so. They had a lot of guys that at least made Pro Bowls. Um, but there's not after this list. I mean, there's some good names, but it's clearly this one that's like. Man, you're so close to having to not have to deal with JJ Watt for yeah, over a decade plus. Instead, you you go with the quarterback doesn't pan out with and watch this man dominate for your division rivals. It's, it's uh not the not the way you want to go about it. <laughs> well, clearly that one you know again really stands out. I think the one of the biggest. I mean, you could certainly put it in the discussion for the biggest probably in terms of. I think draft regrets, and boy, the Raiders have had their long line of them, I think, over the years. Um, but I think, obviously, you go all the way back to 2007, and everyone knows the one we're, we're talking about. The, the Raiders draft Jamarcus Russell, the number one overall pick. In 2007, um, number two pick, of course, <laughs> to the Detroit Lions, Calvin Johnson uh, goes there. Mm. And I think, again, the trajectory of both players, now obviously – Calvin Johnson did not play as long as people would have expected, probably. Uh, but nonetheless, um, boy, it's interesting to think of how different things could have been if the Raiders had selected him at number one, or even, in all honesty, even if they had selected Joe Thomas, who went number three to the Browns that year. Yep. Um, you know, it's just a, it's that is certainly one of the biggest what ifs, even if we always say, right? And, and we just talked about that one, like the value of quarterbacks, like, it's just the nature, I think, of the league where, you know, if there is a guy that you feel like, you know, has that skill and you don't have a, a good quarterback situation, that's always going to be the highest priority. Uh, because, you know, you could even look at it and say, hey, what happens if they draft Calvin Johnson? Who's going to throw it to him? You know, and, and those kind of things. And it makes sense. But, boy, uh, you talk about what ifs. Uh, that is easily one of the biggest what ifs, draft regrets for the Raiders, just given what we saw Calvin Johnson uh, become, they are going to the Lions. And and Calvin proved, you know, before they got Matthew Stafford, uh, just a couple of few years later, that he could perform regardless of who was a quarterback. So the Raiders at the time yeah. obviously were a team that had a lot of needs, uh, as they have for, uh, unfortunately, for the, uh, the last couple of decades at different uh, points. But at that point, yeah, QB, like you said, it, it just fell in love with the arm. This is still when Al Davis was a big part of the decision-making going on and and uh, with, well, at the time, Oakland, now Vegas. And they clearly thought that this was going to be, the, you know, the huge arm this man can throw down the field. Let's get the vertical passing game going. Um, Could have done that with Calvin, too. It doesn't really, again, no matter who was throwing it up to him uh, and obviously was one of the most just ridiculously talented receivers that we've ever seen. I mean, there's been so many great receivers, but you combine his speed, size, uh, just get ball skills. I mean, everything, uh, obviously, yeah. that Calvin brought to the board. And then you think about Jamarcus. I know I was saying I don't want it to stay too negative with the bus talk, but, yeah, obviously uh, did not pan out with him uh, there in, in Oakland. But Joe Thomas, like you mentioned, another guy that proved it doesn't matter what team he's on. He played, didn't make the playoffs in his career with the Browns. Not, he might have had one winning season, I believe. Um, and, obviously, is a Hall of Famer now. So you had a few guys, Revis, down in this draft, you know, looking down the list, a couple of running 
backs that you wouldn't mind having that could have succeeded with any offensive line, Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. So yeah, it gets uh, there's not there's no there's some other misses in this draft. To to be fair to the Raiders, there's a number of teams in the top ten here that took guys that I I can't tell you I really remember that well. Um, the Buccaneers and and Cardinals in particular at four and five, but yeah, that one Raider fans know. Unfortunately, that's kind of been the, a theme lately. You're hoping that now that the new regime can turn things around, but man, Jamarcus Russell. Uh, don't say that name around Raider fans. It will not bring up a, 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 that fun of a conversation. <laughs> yeah, looking at the Raiders roster, the 2006, so going to the 2007, I don't know, Tony, without even looking, <laughs> could you even name who their quarterback was in 2006? Oh, man. I, can, this I is cannot like post, imagine. Is this post-Jeff Garcia trying to play for the Raiders? Yeah, Ooh. this is yeah. not. He, he's not on there. Like, I don't know. Honestly, if you could have asked me this, at least a thousand times, and I don't think I ever could have told you the Raiders' three quarterbacks for the 2006 season. Man, <laughs> trying to think like Trent Edwards. No, who who the heck? Aaron Brooks. Oh my gosh, he was Marquise still in the Duras league. Sopo, I should have known that and one. And <laughs> Andrew Walter were the three quarterbacks on the Raiders' 2006 roster, or their Jeez. final roster. Excuse me. So, so the final roster, those were the three quarterbacks that were that were there. I don't know. I couldn't tell you who was on there to start with. I don't know if it was all those guys. I don't remember. But um Andrew Walter, what the heck, man? Yeah. What? So those were the the, <laughs> the the quarterbacks um on the two thousand six roster. So and you remember who else was on there, of course. Um Randy Moss was was on that team too. And Jerry Porter was there. Um that was part of their wide receiver group. But so yeah, what what an interesting dynamic that was. Um of course, that was Art Shell was still the coach then. They hired Lane Kiffin, 2007. So yeah, Kiffin was the coach when they drafted Jamarcus Russell. So, um, boy, what an interesting dynamic that was for the the Oakland now Las Vegas Raiders. I so, almost forgot about Kiffin being there. Now I now I'm having flashbacks yeah. of watching the press conference of Al Davis talking about firing him and like the whole yeah. decision making. And it was, uh, mm. even for 2007 or 2008, whenever that happened, I was, it was, uh, it was cringe before cringe was a word that people are using. <laughs> yes. Um, very interesting to say the least. Uh, what other ones stand out to you? I'm looking down this list here. I mean, there, again, there's a lot of different ones. Um, but yeah, I mean like there's, there, there's quite a few we could point to. What, what others do you see that kind of stand out? The one that uh, wasn't too surprising to me that is listed for a few teams was Dan Marino. Uh, there's obviously yeah. an entire 30 for 30s about the 1983 draft and all the great uh, players that were in there, um, obviously both L.A. and Marino being the kind of the cornerstones. But the Steelers obviously missing out on, I think, you look at division rivals like the Jets and Patriots that take quarterbacks that I, I believe the – uh, the Jets quarterback actually had a decent career um, as a Ken Anderson, I believe, against uh, against Marino, despite the fact that he didn't have the, the, same, the same kind of uh, uh, performance and um, uh, obviously one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But I think the Steelers kind of stick out the most because he's from Pittsburgh. They didn't really have, uh, you know, Gabe Rivera ends up obviously tragically getting in a, in a drunk driving accident that paralyzed him. Um, that was also outlined in that same 30 for 30, but yeah, it's, he still could have been a great defensive tackle for them, but nonetheless, it's a homegrown guy you needed. It was like right at that, you know, post the four Super Bowls. You're not at that point still too far off. And even though the Steelers didn't win another Super Bowl until the mid two thousands, they had a lot of great teams 
in that era and into the early 90s that you imagined what Marino could have done with some defenses that they had there. Obviously, uh, him and Don Shula together were a, a magic combo, but nonetheless, for Steelers fans, I, I'm sure that's one that bites at them. Uh, the same kind of thing with the hometown kid that, that you know grew up rooting for that team, Tom Brady, obviously, with the 49ers. I know that every team, again, could have drafted Tom Brady, but I think the Niners are the one that obviously sticks out the most um, in terms of missing out on him. But after that, there's a, there's some ones that, yeah, ones I didn't uh, really know about. For example, they have a here for the Giants, um, them taking Ron Dane, haunted me as a UCLA fan as a kid with some Rose Bowl performances for Wisconsin against uh, UCLA. But uh, Sean Alexander was the guy that they, they missed out just a few picks later at the same position. Obviously, Tiki Barber ends up having a great career for the Giants in the same kind of era. So I wouldn't say they missed it too much. Um, but still, imagine a, a Sean Alexander, Tiki Barber combo for the Giants. And, you know, they came close to winning some Super Bowls in the pre-Eli Manning era. Uh, came up short with some uh, playoff performances and obviously losing, getting blown out. I don't think any team would have beaten the Ravens that year anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's just interesting kind of looking at a number of these. Another one I didn't know about, Charles Woodson with the Chargers. Uh, I didn't, yep. you know, I know that Ryan Leaf, and I, Ryan Leaf, now yeah. that I think about it, I know that Charles Woodson's in the same draft as Peyton Manning, right? Uh, they're going neck and neck for the Heisen Trophy. And then uh, that one, uh, very well documented. I'm Ryan Leaf, now a great member of the media, is a funny guy, able to talk about all these things. He's doing fantastic, so that's great. But, uh, man, for the Chargers to think about Charles Woodson, literally a you know Hall of Famer, one of the best cornerbacks of all time, and the fact that he ends up kind of like, again, I really like these division uh, teams uh, where you miss out on the guy and then he haunts you for years. Uh, Woodson, obviously, yeah. Just a Raider legend, wins the Super Bowl with the Packers, um, came up short and the one Raiders um, appearance a, a few years into his career against the Bucks. But, uh, yeah, it's just imagine that, that Chargers team that, you know, not too long after this they get Drew Brees. Things maybe, you know, if they have a little bit better defense, maybe things uh, with the coaching staffs uh, with Marty Schottenheimer, maybe these guys all stick around. Maybe Drew Brees sticks around. It's a whole different Chargers kind of um, alternate history. Um, the, I think that's the kind of impact a, a player like Charles Woodson has. I, I, there's not a lot of non-quarterbacks that you can say that about, but I think we mentioned the uh, uh, Calvin Johnsons, the Charles Woodsons. These guys are just going to be dominant no matter what team they're on. Um, so that that one, I you know, I kind of it made sense once I saw it, but I was like, wow. Yeah. You, know, you think about it, that is uh, it's got to be a brutal one for Chargers fans. You know, one that's interesting, and, and it, it's sort of it's not the same, but it's somewhat similar to Tom Brady, where like we could say Aaron Rodgers could have went. A lot higher, right? Because if he, you know, obviously well documented, he he made the fall in the twenty four in the two thousand five yep. draft to the Packers. But I think what's interesting, it's noted here in this this sporting news article, and, and it's a good point that you kind of forget about is like when you look at Washington, which of course were the Washington Redskins at the time, they took Carlos Rogers at number nine. Now remember, they had they had that pick, and then they had the twenty five pick, um, which I don't know if that came via trade or not. Maybe yeah, have it may, may have. Um, I'm not sure if that's what wound up being the case, but so, so they took Carlos Rogers at nine and by the way, Rogers wound up being, I think he played looking at now, I want to say he played about nine seasons in the league. I think he had, we made one pro bowl in 2011. Bowl, so yeah. not, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, he wound up being just a, a terrible player by any means, but you know, for what Washington did after that, right? The Packers take Rogers at 24 and then they're, and then Washington goes and takes Jason Campbell, um, where they were just on the Auburn uh, hunt that year. Apparently. Both, both Auburn players. Um, they took Jason Campbell right after that at 25. So 
I think if you're thinking about it in that sense, knowing that Washington was going to dra- draft a quarterback, um, that has to sting a little bit still <laughs> because yeah. just knowing that, hey, you were going to take a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers makes this, again, huge drop that no one ever expected, right? But if he just falls one more spot, then he's there. But then it's like, well, what if they really, what if they took Jason Campbell then and didn't take Aaron Rodgers? Um, that would look even worse. But, like, but yeah, so like, <laughs> I think they were, again, I'm not, because I, I think now that I think about it, like Rodgers was going to be, I think more about it, like he was going to be a high pick. Um, but excuse me, hold on. I forgot we got to clarify that. Carlos Rodgers was going to be a, a high pick. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers obviously was also going to be, um, you know, a higher pick. He fell, but. I don't know that that's another one of those big what ifs, because again, you have multiple scenarios there. What if you take him high, which everybody expected Aaron Rodgers to go that, you know, up and near the top 10. What if you take him there? And then, you know, what if he drops to 25 and then he's there to take as, as the quarterback for the, for Washington at 25. Yeah. They, it's looking up. I found the the trade. So they, they did trade with Denver up to the 25th selection. They gave up their yeah. third rounder and future first and fourth picks. But um, man, I it's I wonder. I, I I haven't looked this up. I'd love to see if they were trading up with the intention of oh Rodgers is falling. Maybe we can yeah, get this guy true. here. And then they kind of settled for Campbell, who had a couple, you know, few. All right, uh, I don't know if it's full seasons, but some performances I remember being okay, but not obviously in the level of a future Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion and four-time MVP. Um, There's a lot of teams, yeah, that could regret not drafting Aaron Rodgers. This, I think, this is like a case study of why teams, uh, you know, look back over since then, don't uh, aren't so hesitant on drafting quarterbacks because they don't want to be the team that doesn't draft uh, Patrick Mahomes or doesn't want to draft or doesn't end up drafting Aaron Rodgers. When you have these opportunities, it's worth it to just take that risk because the reward is just so great. And if you get, you know, the worst thing to be, uh, as some people joke around with the NFL is not to be good or bad, but just kind of be stuck in the middle. You don't want to just continually be uh, not having opportunities to uh, take another shot at uh, drafting an Aaron Rodgers or a, uh, Patrick Mahomes. So uh, it, it's better to almost to, to bottom out again and just <laughs> restart the cycle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that one for the Redskins out of every team at the time that could have had them. I know that uh, everyone points to the the Niners, but I mean, Alex Smith ended up still having a really solid career. Um, and th- there's a connection with Rodgers there, but there's just the amount of teams in this draft. I mean, there were some solid players, but man, there are a lot of guys that were misses and teams that needed quarterbacks or maybe they were convincing themselves that the quarterbacks they had at the time were good enough, but it's I mean, Aaron Rodgers was so great at, at Cal, which was, you know, at the time was a pretty good football program, uh, but still uh, he elevated them beyond what they, you know, after he left, they stayed good for a while, but uh, he kind of in that era brought them back to like the prominence they were at. It wasn't like a guy was just succeeding with a ton of talent around him. Uh, like yeah. you could look back and look at the, what Matt Leiner did. I, I always point to that one with SC just because how dominant that offensive line was and the weapons he had. But, uh, you know, we look at, uh, quarterbacks a lot of times that are good programs not maybe great ones that end up putting up really big numbers and elevating the cast around them i you know i watched a lot of pac 10 football back then and aaron Rodgers was definitely uh a, a guy to behold he was on a different level even then so it was it was it, yeah like you said both Rodgers, carlos and aaron were expected to go high just the fact that he fell that far and that washington was so close 
uh, who knows if Washington would have best utilized Aaron. I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of things you could say about a lot of quarterbacks haven't had the ability to sit behind uh, a, you know, a franchise icon for a few years like he did with Brett Favre. And now like Jordan Love is done with Aaron. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure that did help with his development. If he'd been thrown out there to the Wolves from the start, probably could have handled it, but we don't know. It's, uh, it's it, you know, it's really a different situation. Maybe Aaron's career goes drastically differently. Um, that's one thing to remember with a lot of these drafts too. It's it's a lot of times about the the player, but also where they end up. It's not just them. Uh, it, there's a lot of guys that probably would have had much better careers or worse if they if they just went to the different organization with the fit, the coaching staffs. Uh, the culture, and I wouldn't say that Washington has necessarily had the best track record <laughs> the last couple yeah. decades. So I don't. I could it maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be the guy that we're uh, talking about now. That's uh, still uh, that somehow the trade has not gone through with the Jets, but we're, I'm still going to assume that it it will. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy to think that what would have been for Washington. It's still got to be tough if you're a fan of that team and that fr- uh, you know everything they went through for all those years and still are kind of trying to crank the wheel and try to figure it out. Um, it's still been a, a minute since we've had a, a solid Washington team that, you know, isn't just a, you know, when they had Kirk Cousins, they barely get in the playoffs. But yeah. it's, you know, there hasn't really been a team a time since I've started watching the NFL in the late 90s where the uh, where Washington's been a, a real threat in the NFC. <laughs> one other one here that stands out, and, and I think this is, I think this one's a little more debatable to me. Because the Texans, we talked about them with getting it right with J.J. Watt. And obviously, as we said, it's, you're banging on what you have in front of you and just hoping that a guy turns out the way J.J. Watt did. 2002. <laughs> because, you know, at the expansion draft, like the Texans are, you know, it's a different situation because they're, yeah. they're filling the roster there and all that. Um, but obviously they take David Carr with, with the top pick. And I know this, this article lists, you know, Julius Peppers went two to the Panthers that year. And I think that's a very interesting one because, you know, in, in a certain sense, you can't really blame the Texans, who are an expansion team, drafting yeah. a quarterback right off the top. Like, I think that I'm willing to give the Texans a little more leeway there. Although, as we saw, I, I'm just like, this was 20-something years ago, Dylan. I can still remember, yeah. <laughs> like, vividly watching David Carr get sacked so many times. Like I, I and like it's one of those things like you just why would you remember a person getting sacked a lot, right? But like like I can I can like see it in my head. Like people just this guy just getting hammered like just all the time. I mean it was just unreal sometimes to watch how many times he got sacked. Um but I don't know if again this was an interesting one because it was more of an expansion team Carr was going to go high. Like, I don't think there was any doubt about that. Um, And, yeah, you could play the what-if game with, like, Julius Peppers, which, obviously, by the way, here's here's a trivia note for you. You know who the defensive coordinator was for the Texans that year? Oh, boy. Um, No, I'm trying to think. He's the current defensive coordinator now in the NFL. It's it's not Fangio. Um, He was uh, It is. Oh, it is. is. Oh, my gosh. He really is, like, every situation when I think about it, he's been everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. He he was there. Um, Dom wow. Capers, of course, was the head coach. Vic Fangio was the the defensive coordinator. Um, Greg Roman, who gosh, where is, where is Greg Roman now? Greg, he just the, he just was with the Ravens. Is he with the team at the moment? Yeah. I, I don't know if he is anymore. Of, yeah. yeah, I think he's just kind of not. He's nowhere at the moment, from what I can tell. <laughs> he was the the Titans coach at that point. Um, yeah, it's so interesting to look back at all these different teams and and see just who was coaching. Because I'm like, oh yeah. 
Fangio was there. Yeah. The trees. Um, Todd, Todd Grantham, who has been a longtime SEC defensive coordinator, was at Georgia. I don't, know, I don't even remember where he's at. Georgia, Florida now, one of the two. Um, I know he's not at Georgia, but um, I don't know if he's at Alabama maybe now. So, yeah, like it's very interesting to look back at that. So, I'm willing to give the Texans – I'm not going to throw that into the regret category because I don't know that it would have mattered who they would have picked. Um that was yeah. still obviously it's an expansion team. It's a much different situation, but man, I think maybe for David Carr, you're regretting it just knowing how many times you got just destroyed out there. Maybe that's the better regret. So I think their big their bigger problem is that they were founded in 2002. I looked at the drafts right before and after this one. So this one, not only you know you pick David Carr first, and no matter who's there. Uh, probably not going to have a lot of success with the offensive line. I need to look into the expansion rules because they, they needed the Golden Knights um, kind of set up to, uh, yes. with Houston because they uh, clearly had a roster that was depleted at some pretty key yeah. positions. It, it, they're a testament to <laughs> the importance of uh, just a competent offensive line and showing like if you don't have even like guys that are middle of the road or even a slightly below average, you're, no one's going to have a chance. No one had a chance yeah. there. But despite that, I mean, this draft overall had Joey Harrington, Patrick Ramsey, Josh McCown, David Garrard's the only yeah. one that made a Pro Bowl, Rohan Davey, Randy Fasani. I don't wow. even know. Rohan Davey. I don't wow. know who the, some of these guys are. I'm not going to lie. So, And then you look right <laughs> before the year before. In 2001, if they're founded a year before, they get the number one pick, Michael Vick. year after, yes, Carson, Carson Palmer. Carson so it's Palmer, like yeah. – yeah, I mean, like, it, still, who knows if those guys would have been probably destroyed. I mean, maybe Vic would have been able to run away a little bit better than Carson from uh, oncoming pass rusher. Or, uh, yeah, so I just think of that, too. It's like the timing for Houston, and timing is such a big part of it. When do you time, like, the Bengals having their awful, uh, one of their worst seasons, despite having a lot of bad seasons, one of their worst seasons right before getting Carson Palmer, right before getting Joe Burrow. Uh, timing is everything with these uh, landing some of these quarterbacks, and it's not something you can really control. It's kind of is luck of the draw. You can maybe try to tank. But it's not that easy to do in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the part that's more frustrating. I think if I was a Texans fan, to be like, man, if we just – if uh, we got the approval a year earlier or later, uh, might have been a little different uh, alternate history for them. Obviously, they do in 2003 end up getting Andre Johnson, who I know they uh, was mentioned on here on the same article as the Lions missing out on him. Maybe if the Lions did take Andre Johnson in 2003, they never get uh, Calvin. Who knows if they're bad enough? But, yeah, so – it, uh, but anyway, I mean, Houston at least did make up for it a bit the next season uh, after starting out with a really tough one for David. But, yeah, he got put in a spot that I – yeah, again, that <laughs> they just did not have anyone. Like you said, it still, like, sticks with you all these years later just how – how, how hopeless it, it must have been uh, felt and like how just brutal it was in terms of the beating he was taking. Definitely a, and also an era of football where the rules weren't exactly what they are now. So there were not, no one was holding back on hitting the quarterback. Uh, poor guy, man. Um, all, you know, yeah. looking down this draft too, I mean, not that they would have known. Obviously, they, yeah, they've, dri- they've mentioned Julius Peppers. You have Ed Reed at 24th. So a lot of teams could have taken yeah. him. Those are kind of like the two guys probably that are the most striking, but it makes sense for them to have wanted the quarterback, but I'm sure looking back now, I'm sure their front office seeing the situation they had probably would have been like, all right, we need to just first two years line o- offensive line, defensive line. It's like, let's get this set first. Then we'll get our quarterback. That's probably uh, where the priority should have been um, at that time for that franchise. 
Yeah, if they wanted to get really innovative, here's what I found looking down this draft list. Like you said, there. I mean, Patrick Ramsey, I think, was the third quarterback taken. Um, you mentioned like Rohan Davy, David Gerard was there. David yeah. Gerard was there. What like he's in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think they should have done. All things considered, given that their quarterback was going to have to pretty much run for his life, they should have taken Antoine Randall, who ultimately wound up playing wide receiver for the Steelers, but was a quarterback in college at Indiana. Like just give the guy the ball and just run a run a quarterback. You know, I don't know. Like just yep. run him around the end. Like that's what they should have done in hindsight. So um, obviously I'm joking fun. there, but. That could have been fun, knowing that, that Antoine Randall was a quarterback. Or, yeah, he was a quarterback in college in Obviously. Indiana. Of course, wound up being a very sort of um, versatile wide receiver in the NFL um, for the Steelers. But yeah, what a what an interesting draft that was. Because Josh McCown was there. Yeah, he was in the yeah. third round. So even Josh McCown would have <laughs> no, been. Yeah. Um, who who would have known? Right? Like it's just those are the wild things you think about. Um, yeah, like Josh McCown wound up playing. For a gazillion teams um and having just a huge long career <laughs> like this guy now that i'm looking at this i know this is kind of a sidebar but drafted in 2002 by the cardinals he played 18 like 18 year span of time like yeah. that's just it is nuts isn't it to think about that the backup so, quarterback life is the way to go yeah man. get you know your he i mean he made himself valuable enough to stay in terms of his impact that you know in the locker room and with in the qb yeah. room helping other guys develop uh, clearly, there there is something an art form to it, and now he's a QB coach, and he's about to probably have CJ Stroud or Bryce Younger, whoever the Panthers want, in Carolina. Mm-hmm. So he's he's still in our lives and going to be as he has been for a long time, as you mentioned. It, it is crazy looking at all the teams he played for. And two, I didn't, he played for a team in the what league is this? UFL in 2010. Yeah, I was trying to find what the yeah that yeah was. that is it's. What a what a career! What an interesting yeah. line of teams, and even like the years, it's not like he was on like that many teams that were that good, really, until like uh, maybe the Niners in twenty. But he got traded to the Bears during that twenty eleven season. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of a nutty career for Josh. Yeah, another trivia note from the two thousand two draft: um, the Heisman Trophy winner it was the two thousand one season. Eric Crouch from Nebraska. He went also as a wide receiver. Uh, in the third round to the St. Louis Rams. So, um, yeah, oh, very gosh. interesting quarterback here, 2002, was for that draft. All right, Dylan, anything else? I, again, going up and down this list, you said there are some that, that really kind of, you know, you can look at that, that sort of are obvious ones that stand out. Um, but, I mean, there, there are just a bunch that you could go down this list. And I'm sure people listening, if your favorite team, you're like, oh, I remember that year we regret drafting this guy or that guy. There's so many you could point to. Um, I thought I thought this was an interesting one. The Falcons, uh, 1988. Of course, Tim Brown wound up going six to the Raiders, so the Raiders got that one right. But um, I think they went they went linebacker with Andre Bruce there. Uh, that was the number one, one overall pick in 1988. But um, yeah, I mean, again, that's five spots difference. But there are a lot of players like that you can look at and, and just uh, and an interesting group. Yeah, yeah. Ones that didn't I don't think they listed here, but I mentioned it from the beginning, like the with the Bears, with Mahomes, that one's always going to stick even yeah. more so than the other teams. The fact that they t- trade up, get Trubisky, and then watch Pat, and even what you know what Deshaun Watson was able to do for a while, and we'll see how he does in Cleveland this year. But 
just a, a really bad. I, that's what, that's still so fresh for Bears fans. They're, they're so uh, aware of it, but obviously they're, they're happy with the fields now. We'll see how that keeps panning out. I think, yeah, one, going back to that 2002 draft, I just mentioned him a second ago. This is one when I first opened this um, that I looked at was the, the Browns had, you know, taken William Green, a running back in 2002. They're only a few years themselves coming back as a as a uh, expansion team. And then their old franchise that had moved and become the Ravens drafts Ed Reed and obviously becomes, in some people's uh, opinions, I, I, you know, I'd have to, I didn't watch a lot of some of the great uh, safeties of all time. Uh, the Ronnie Lots and some of these guys that I've, I've seen clips and seen film and heard, watched documentaries about these teams and these players, and I'm sure they're great. But for at least in the time period that I've been watching football, I don't think there's a better safety than Ed Reed. Um, so, I mean, the fact that the Browns, gosh, this is, I, I do one thing that's uh, kind of a funny thing with Browns fans that I didn't, I mean, I knew they didn't like the Ravens, but when I went, I went to a Browns game a few years ago in Cleveland on their first home opener. And man, those people just do, they really hate the Ravens. <laughs> like it is, yeah. the Steelers are their, maybe their biggest rival, but the Ravens, there's more, it's just because it's their old team. There's so much, there's so much built put into that. So the fact that uh, they not just missed out on Ed Reed, but it went to to Baltimore. I, I'm sure that one is uh, for Browns fans. If I if I were to go back and bring that one up, that one would stick in particular. Another one only by one pick, so I, I thought was interesting. Barry Sanders, the Packers tra- draft a tackle, uh, t- Tony Mandarich, uh, number two in 1989, and then the the Lions take Barry the next pick. So yeah, you were talking about. I mean, the Packers are square right between. Yeah, it looks like number one was that year was uh, Troy Aikman's so you have Barry Sanders, or uh, you have uh, not too much later Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders. So this is a draft filled with all-time names, and the Packers end up yeah. missing out on all of them and having Barry just run around them. Obviously, a career that didn't last as long as a lot of fans would have hoped. Um, yeah, glad Barry's doing great now, and probably made, you know it is a tough game, especially at that position. And Barry, not the, the biggest dude, but man, for you know, before the Packers got far, there was a time period in that era where there, you know, a lot of a lot of downtime for the for Green Bay. That now we're going to the first, we're about to have our first season. It looks like without Favre or Rodgers as a starter, and since the early '90s, so. Kind of nuts, but th- yeah, those are kind of two uh, division. Again, I like the ones definitely where it's division rivals just missing on on players end up haunting them for a long time. I mentioned Ray Lewis early on. I, you know th- that one with the Rams, they missed him by twenty picks. So it's not a lot of teams could have yeah, taken Ray Lewis. He went twenty sixth overall, but it's the fact they took a linebacker and Lawrence Phillips uh, at number six over him. So it's the, the fact that it's the same position. Uh, don't know what that would have meant for the Rams of that era. Probably would have helped their defense get better quicker. Uh, maybe they don't end up with some of the with Torrey Holt, and maybe uh, you know things change uh, dramatically with a few of these guys. Sometimes the, the missed players, uh, you know, you ultimately would have maybe missed out on some of your favorite players of all time for those teams. So it all ends up working out uh, for uh, the best, unless you're a Jets fan. Uh, but hopefully they got Aaron Rodgers now, so maybe things will start to turn around. <laughs> Yeah, one final one I'll mention from this this sporting news list. Um, of course, staying with the, the, the AFC South scene, which this was not the case in 1996, but, um, you know, Eddie George went to the, the Oilers back in 96, and the Panthers had the number eight pick there. It took Tim Biakabatuka from Michigan. So the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, um, you know, he only wound up playing, I think, five seasons in the NFL. Of course, yeah. Eddie George, we know, went on to, to become what he, he became. So... Um, that is one that maybe uh, the Panthers look back on and 
wonder what might have been. But the Panthers turned out okay because um, they, they turned out okay, I think, in terms of they weren't they that far They didn't make the NFC title game that year somehow. I was going to say, like, with, I with think Dom, they turned out. With your boy Dom as the head coach. <laughs> yeah, they, they turned out all right. So <laughs> I can't say that they, you know, should be. Because, what, I mean, they were in the – were in the Super Bowl that far after 96, right? So it's 2003, um, yeah. So yeah, some time. We got and some Thomas, decent running backs. Uh, Deshaun Foster. I'm trying to think if I don't know if Thomas Davis was that far back, but yeah. Yeah. There you go. They, so. they had some solid teams for sure. <laughs> By the way, you know who the defensive coordinator was for the 1996 Carolina Panthers? Is it really Vic? <laughs> it's <Dom>. Vic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, that's what he's all. All these past stories, he's there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. There. You know the. You know who also is on that staff? Greg Roman. So it all is <laughs> some the, continuity between oh, the Texans and Panthers. Yep. Apparently, Chick Harris, the running backs coach, who was also the running back coach for the the 2002 Texans. So I'm pretty sure there are other other ones that are probably there. So there you go. Um, it's the NFL. These guys are 50 years from now. Vic Fangio will be the defensive coordinator of. You know the whatever twenty seventy three. He's never going Kansas away. Yeah. So, um, anyways, all right. Well, there was kind of a trip down memory lane looking at some of these past ones. Again, I know if you're a fan of a certain team, you look back and say, "Oh yeah, I remember that one." Where we regret that pick. Um, yeah, it, it makes for a fun discussion, and and there's so many others we could have mentioned, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of fun to look back at some of these choices and wonder what might have been had a you know certain guy been in a different uniform and. And those kind of things. So, uh, Dylan, of course, to, we'll have. I was, I was trying to think others. real quick. Yeah, I was about like if there's anyone from last year's draft that we can already That's what start I was look to look too. at. I was like, are there anyone that like we're already like immediately kind of know? Right, like we so, we knew immediately with Justin Jefferson, for example, and I can think of that one. But I don't know. Um, uh, like Derek Stingley could work out great with the Texans, but not taking Sauce. And given that he's yeah. already like a top three corner maybe in the entire NFL. I think that one could kind of stick out for me from uh, the, the initial look at this list. I mean, let me see. I think there's a couple. Let me pull this one. I want to make sure I've got my stats right. Um, let's see. Yeah, I guess there's not really – I mean, really aside from – no, I mean, I, I don't really know. Like Kenneth Walker, yeah, like he's an interesting one. But, like, I don't know. Like he's drafted, you know – Second round, right, Seahawks yeah. got him at forty-one. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any just yet that, that just clearly really stand out because yep. because we were talking about you know guys like Sky Moore and ones like that were like oh they could like immediately but like that never really came to be just yet. Yeah. But like yeah, so like I think that's probably yeah. So we're not. I don't know if we're fully there. I'm looking down this list because like everything runs together, right? So it's now look if Desmond Ritter all of a sudden becomes a a breakout star this season. Maybe you, you know, you put him in the mix as a, a third round pick, but uh, unless I'm just forgetting somebody, I don't, I don't see anyone unless you do. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, it's not, there isn't a Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson um, comparison yeah. by, by my accounts yet. I mean, if Aiden Hutchinson really keeps taking off and Trayvon Walker actually looked pretty good at the, down the stretch for the Jags, but maybe not a number one overall pick, but that is one that maybe in five years we look back and it looks like they could have uh, made the wrong decision there. I think the sauce one is the one right now, I, I guess that sticks yeah. out the most because he's just so dominant and Stingley could be really good. We just don't know yet. Um, the, and the receiving group, they're all been solid. And, you know, Jamison Williams is obviously hurt. Uh, I don't know if there's been like a clear, like all, all four of the guys that, that went in the top 12 between uh, London, Wilson, Olave and, and Williams have all been 
solid and look like they're going to be great. So there hasn't been like the one that was clearly like, oh, we got there was like two, three really good receivers, and then one team did take the the kind of bust kind of guy in the middle. Um, so yeah, it's, it's maybe still a little bit early um, in this draft. We'll, we'll find out if uh, some kind of pop up over time. But yeah, no immediate ones outside of Sauce. I think that's and it still might uh, end up being working out fine for Houston. I do think we'll look back at this draft, and we knew this going in, but I think this wide receiver group will wind up being pretty, pretty special in terms of yeah. um, what they achieved. Because right, you can even go down. Burks was hurt with the Titans, but like I think he's going to wind up being. And we saw when he was on the field. I mean, he did some pretty impressive things. Christian Watson, obviously. I mean, they're you know Romeo Dobbs was in there, and, and again, I know that's the Aaron Rodgers effect, but I still think those are really talented players. Um, so what about Brock Purdy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, that's <laughs> hey, this that's what happens. George Pickens, another wide receiver, right? Like, I think he's yeah. so. Yeah, I think you know we'll see this year that that'll give us a little more sample size of some of these guys. But um, yeah, like it's uh, it's an interesting group, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about uh, more of these guys moving forward as we discuss uh, heading into the draft and kind of looking at team needs. And all that stuff, and of course, Dylan, it's all covered over at Clutch Points uh, as we get ready for the draft here in several weeks. And again, we'll have it covered here on the podcast as well, but let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can go to the NFL section of the Clutch Points app. A lot of news, a lot of just breakdowns of the draft. Uh, biggest needs teams need should address, even if, uh, again, draft draft the best player, not for need. Um, we got that, that all those articles going up, looking at the best options for every team at uh, the top of the draft of their uh uh, respective selections uh, we've broken we've had a number of mock drafts we'll have a couple more over the next few weeks uh, coming out updated versions of the current one those have been great well yeah we'll do that on the podcast like you mentioned more our own kind of mock stuff we'll do some bold predictions for the draft and yeah definitely a fun kind of time of the year and uh, that is while there is a lot of still news going on with Lamar Jackson, we got that all covered, obviously, in the NFL section of Clutch Points. All the, uh, we'll, once we finally get this Aaron Rodgers deal to go through and we'll see where Odell ends up, all that we got covered. But, yes, draft is basically draft central. NFL draft, if you just uh, we'll put that on our, on our homepage probably pretty soon. But if you just type that in, that section, any, any news that you want to read about, but also just a lot of breakdowns of all these teams, and we'll have uh, plenty more over the next few weeks. So we'll keep ramping it up. We've already ramped it up. We're just going to keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> yep be sure to check it all out there at clutch points and uh, again be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use search for establish the pass and we appreciate you guys as always uh, for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the establish the pass podcast